Welcome to Casual Conversations, brought to you by Momentum Ministries, helping you attain, maintain, and regain momentum for life. Let's join the conversation with Scott Wade, president of Momentum Ministries. Good morning. This is Pastor Scott, and I'm glad that uh, you're a part of Casual Conversations today. We're going to get right back into our interview that we began on our last episode with uh, Reverend Rob McCorkle. Uh, the uh, director and founder of Fire School Ministries, and he's an evangelist in the Church of the Nazarene as well. Rob is discussing with us the divide between uh, power and purity, especially as it relates to the holiness movement. Let's get back into the discussion where we dropped off last week. We are back with Rob McCorkle, who is the uh, founder and the evangelist in uh, Fire School Ministries, a teacher, expounder of the Word of God, and uh, a chaser after God, somebody that's passionate for the presence of God. Rob, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate Thank it you. so much. And and we've already mentioned um, your book several times, um, Bridging the Great Divide. And I, I think I already mentioned that I've, I'm working my way through it. I'm, I've got two chapters to go, and it has challenged me and called me and excited me for for the potential that I see in the presence of God being in the church and with his people. And so I just want to ask you, if you would, to uh, to talk about what, what is the great divide and how do you bridge it? So if sure. if you would just kind of unpack that for us. I know it's a, a 10, 12 chapter book, so you won't get it all in. But if you would just help us understand how what it is and how we bridge the great divide. Jesus said in Matthew 22, 29, and he, and he said this to, to Sadducees, you know, the PhDs of first century. You are in error. It's a phrase that literally means to be led down a tributary, led into a path of deception. Why? You don't know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of the dunamis of God. Word and spirit. You don't know the scriptures, you don't know the word, and you don't know the power. You don't know the presence of Holy Spirit, the activity of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that People will always be led astray if they don't know the word and they don't know the power of God. They're, they're, and both of those are congruent. They both operate in, in, in tandem. Okay. What I discovered when the presence of God began to flow in our church in such a profound way, and um, you'd asked about me traveling, and, and uh, I, I started traveling more, and, and I didn't tell you in, the, in the, our last segment that my wife became ordained, and, and so we co-pastored for a while, so that kind of helped as I was out on the road uh, more and more and more. And uh, But um, what I saw was, uh, I, I saw this, this dichotomy in the, in, in the church. I saw word churches, and, and I saw spirit churches, word churches and, and, and spirit churches, word without spirit. I think the ministry will eventually dry up spirit without the word. I think ministries will eventually blow up. I believe the way you grow up is joining word and spirit. Um, we, we talk now in fire school ministries that, that our motto is to be scripture fed and spirit led. And, and I think it's both of those. I, I think, I think it, it requires both of those. You see several places in the New Testament, Paul, when he came to Thessalonians, it wasn't just a word only, but it was word and deed. It was it was the word and spirit. 
And this word and spirit is what I want to see united once again. Um, do you remember the scene in, in, in Acts 18 where uh, Apollos is teaching? And uh, Priscilla and Aquila, they listen to him. And then, you know, they're sitting there, ah, some, something's not, ah, just not complete with our old buddy Apollos. They take him off of the side, and it says they explain the way more accurately. Well, what what's going on? Apollos, it says he was he was from he was from an area that was very educated. I mean, he had the credentials, but he was a guy that spoke eloquently on the scriptures, but he didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, it's obvious in the context when you go into chapter 19 that he was responsible for discipling the 12 guys who Paul met in Acts 19.2. And remember Paul's first question, do you guys have the Holy Spirit since you believed? <laughs> and they were like, what? What spirit? <laughs> we haven't even heard there was one. This is 20 years after Pentecost. 20 years after Pentecost, and they're still functioning in a word-type ministry without the functionality and the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, where did they get that? I think they got that from Apollos. My point is, Apollos-type ministry is accurately built on the Scripture, but the functionality and the presence of the Holy Spirit needs to be active. But if you flip that and you're all about the functionality and the presence of the Holy Spirit, but you're not grounded to the Word, that's as, as a much of a problem as only being tethered to the word and no functionality and power of the Holy Spirit. Scott, it needs to be both. It needs to be, we need to be scripture fed, but we need to be spirit led. God wants to take the word and activate it in life. And, and, and the activity of the Holy Spirit is essential. So, so man, if we preach a great message, the activity of the spirit I think he wants to demonstrate that. I think he wants to activate that word. I, I, I think I think the activity of the Holy Spirit is as essential as declaring the word. And, and so it's the fusion of word and spirit. And I was so interested in that. That's what I got my doctorate in. And that's what the book is. The, it's Bridging the Great Divide, Reuniting Word and Spirit. It's not just word. It's not just spirit, it's word and spirit. It's the fusion of that. And that's the gospel message, man. That that is. It's it's the gospel message is rooted in the word, but it's executed in the power and the functionality of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, man. Yeah. So um as 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 I said, I've read the the early chapters of, of the book, and you talk about the divide. When did this division take place? Well, most historians look at the early 1900s as division. There was a lot going on in the late 1800s that, uh, you know, that the infusion of, of liberal uh, teaching into our schools and Bible colleges and seminaries in the late 1800s, early 1900s. But, but most scholars believe the early 1900s with the, uh, the outbreak of the Azusa Street Revival in 1906. And that really was the dividing point as to what we would say word churches and spirit churches. And now it, they didn't use that language. 
just to be clear. It wasn't like, hey, you're a word church, we're a spirit. No, no. But that was really the division, and you and you had churches that were anchored in the word, rooted in the the the, the character of the word go one way, and then churches that were anchored in the the functions and the power of the Holy Spirit go another way. And and so there was this division. Um, I use in the book uh, kind of the language of 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 uh, purity and power, purity and power. I think that's the two wing dove, purity and power. And I talk about the fact that a dove can't fly on just one wing. So so churches that embrace the word, you know, they were all about holiness and all about purity and all about character. And then you had these churches and denominations all about the the power, the functionality, the gifts, the, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and so, so there was this division and I spelled that out pretty clearly in, you know, in the book, not just historically, but even, you know, theologically, you saw this great division, this great divide. And it, it lasted for, uh, you know, several decades. So that particular division then that you're talking about was a division that, that uh, came about in what we might understand as uh, the, the kind of the Methodist branch of the church, because we're divided into uh, folks that, that came one direction from that formed the, uh, the uh, church of the Nazarene, which used to be the Nazarene Pentecostal or the Pentecostal church of the Nazarene. And then another branch coming out of that at that division were churches that were uh, in the charismatic family. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pentecostal charismatic uh, emphasized the gifts, the functionalities of the Holy spirit um, where the, the holiness, what we might say, the traditional holiness church emphasized the character of the life, um, entire sanctification, and um, did not deny the gifts and the functions of the Holy Spirit, but that was not an aspect of of being um, sanctified holy. You know, and I and I say very clearly in the book, <clears throat> if you're purified by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to function in the in the in the activities of the holy spirit but you won't function in the activities of the holy spirit for any length of time if you're not sanctified holy so purity and power are are you can't separate them you just can't and you know the book is filled with just all kinds of examples of of what that might look like you know purity without power or power without purity it's, it's ugly Jesus spent time in prayer as he sought to live a life pleasing to his Father. Please join us in prayer for the kingdom of God to come in our world and in your life. Also, if you wish to share a prayer request with us, you can do so on our website. Pastor Scott will be honored to pray for you. Now, let's get back to today's casual conversation. That t- that um, takes us to back to 1900 or that, you know, 120 years ago. Were there uh, hints of this or movement toward this divide that that um, was before the holiness movement and uh, maybe Reformation or Augustine or back at the the uh, Apostolic Fathers or whatever? Is, is there more of a, a 
historical root of this division? Well, uh, you know, Augustine, I, and, and I spelled that out in the book, Augustine did a lot in regards to, um, you know, with some of his teachings to help create a groundwork for what we might say uh, uh, was the seedbed um, for, for a Calvinistic thought, for um, the idea that um, God cannot really truly sanctify your heart, purify you from 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 uh, the carnal sin propensity. Uh, that's where predestinarianism came from, the fact that only certain people are going to be born again. All of that was rooted, I think, in, in you know, uh, Augustine. So Augustinian thoughts influenced a vast majority of, of uh, theological perspectives, you know. Um, so, yeah, changed his mind, I think, there near the end of his death, but... Um, but a lot had been in the groundwork. And then I, in the book, will lay kind of a trail of, of, of where um, some warped thinking came into play. Um, you know, that's, that's an interesting conversation, Scott, because, because I, I think even now our tribe's being plagued with some things that, that we need to be careful about, you know? Um, so that's another conversation. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me ask you, a question here for our tribe, for the Church of the Nazarene. Um, if we are in a local setting that stresses, maybe that's not the right word, that emphasizes um, the word and the purity, what would be your recommendation to us? Well, first of all, I would say we need to stress purity. There's a lot of churches that do not believe that our nature can be transformed. And that's a discussion in and of itself, Scott, because I believe that, as the Scripture teaches, um, <laughs> there, there is a cleansing. You know, when you look at, look at the book of Acts and look at the two primary functions of the Holy Spirit, purity and power, purity and power. Peter said in Acts 15, 8, 9, when the Spirit was poured out, our hearts were, and he uses this word, cleansed. It's an, an interesting word, but there's a cleansing. There is the cleansing of the, of the, of the proclivity that, that, that bent towards sin that, you know, you read first John three, it's just, you know, it's in there. So I would start with helping our tribe, church of the Nazarene embrace and re-embrace the message that we believe came out of Wesley. It came out of scripture as far as that's concerned, but but was propagated by Wesley, that we fundamentally believe that the nature of a human being can be transformed. And, and the moment we throw that out, then, you know, hey, well, you know, they're going to, that's just the way they are. They're going to struggle with that. That's just, hey, that's just, they're just born that way. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man, that, that opens up a can of worms. My point is, is we need to stress purity, that the power of God can transform uh, 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 a person's heart and life. I did a word study on the word redemption. We'll talk about sometime if you want, but but Love anyway. It. Secondly, that not only can you be purified and your nature be transformed, but you can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you can, you listen, you can, you can, <laughs> uh, dare I say it, you can lay hands on the sick. 
You, you can, man. You you can you can you can pray for people in out in public. You you, you can. You, what you tolerate will dominate, and we have tolerated too much by the work of the enemy. And I'm telling you, we have we have the power to say no more, no more. And um, man, we we can. <laughs> there's a there's a power, a functionality of the Holy Spirit. When I look at the book of Acts, uh, this phrase, uh, word was not coined by me, but uh, Alan Hirsch and Tim Ketchum in their book, Permanent Revolution, they use the word pneumocracy. Pneuma, which is spirit, um, ocracy, which is under the, uh, a government. So it, pneumocracy is a people under the government of the spirit. And they say what you see in the book of Acts is a pneumocracy, a people that functioned in the power. They were governed by the Holy Spirit. They were unstoppable. People's lives were transformed, healed, delivered, set free. Shoot, man, they even raised the dead. And, and the moment we start talking like that, then people start denigrating you and saying, well, now you see you're neo-Pentecostal. And that, no, I'm just biblical. Purity and power. Purity and power. And uh, <laughs> I think we can replicate the style of Jesus not just in character, but but in charisma, in the gifts, in the activities of Jesus. I think what Jesus did, we can do. He said that. John 14, 12, believe into me, and guess what? What I've been doing, you'll be doing. Now, either he's a liar, or else he meant that. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> we can replicate him. And when you read the book of Acts, they were replicating Jesus and doing more. Again, John 14, 12, they did in things and took the gospel in places Jesus didn't. And, and I believe that we ought to be able, you know, in our, in our manual, it says that we believe in the, what is it? The, oh, what is it? The, the, the uh, simplicity and purity of the a primitive New Testament church. Boy, I butchered that. We'll need to look that up, but I'm just telling <laughs> you, basically we believe that we can replicate the early church we see in the book of Acts. Well, that's a church of purity and power, of word and spirit. They were scripture-fed, although they didn't have the Bibles like we have, but but they were word-fed and spirit-led. So... Nothing can take the place of a thorough and intentional exposure to the Word of God. We can help through our books and email devotionals. The CLIMB series of devotional books will take you through the Bible in a systematic way, giving you a breadth of knowledge of the Word of God. Reading a chapter a day, you will quickly cover large portions of the Scripture. Each chapter is accompanied by a devotional thought to help you understand and apply the Bible to everyday life. You can find these books on our website. But did you know, you can also have these devotionals delivered to your inbox every morning. Visit our website and sign up for the daily emails. So Nazarenes, others in this uh, tribe, don't let go of the purity. God can transform us. Oh, yes, but he can. take hold again afresh of the power and operate with the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. in your let, life. Let, let me, let me just, can I, can I share a quick story? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much time we got here, but. Well, I listen. The next somebody walks 
Walmart. One of your listeners goes into Walmart. You know, I'm being motivated okay. by love I'm gonna, and I'm sourced gonna, by the spirit. I'm going to ask you to uh, to start that story again because my internet uh, messed up sure. here. So yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry. One of the messages, and 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 I, I talk about from First Corinthians fourteen one. What would it look like to live your life being motivated by love and sourced by the Spirit? And so now play that out. You're getting ready to go into Walmart. You put your car into park, turn the key, turn the car off, and you walk into that store. What would it look like to be motivated by love and sourced by the Spirit? What could happen? Oh, my goodness. Look what happened to Jesus. In John, you know, four, hey, give me a drink. Well, I, you know, and, and he starts this conversation with this woman. Next thing you know, he's saying, hey, go, go get your husband. I don't have one. Yeah, I know you got five. And, he, and, and if you ever saw the chosen, he's actually naming the names of the person. And what happens in John 4, 39, it says, and many came to faith on the word of his testimony. Come here, the man who told me all things I ever did. He sp he, so my point is, is what Jesus did with the woman at the well is what you and I can do at Walmart, at Target, at Speedway, wherever we go. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. Wherever we go, we can make a transformational difference because we're walking in purity. We're being motivated by love, man. That's, that's the heart of entire sanctification is really just walking in, in the love of God. And being sourced by the power of the Spirit, he can flow through us any way he wants, and that can make a transformational difference in the lives of people that you and I commune with, man. Good grief. Everywhere we go, we, we ought to—we're a walking miracle. We, we're Everywhere we go, we can release his presence and make a dynamic change, man. We, we're dangerous people, Scott. <laughs> We have a dangerous message, and we're being sourced by a God that is transformational, and and we're designed to penetrate darkness, man. We're this is our hour. This is our hour, man. We're designed to penetrate darkness and make a transformational difference. I I just I I'll quit here, but I uh, I got stories of not just me, but churches I've been in that that take this for man. We're gonna start doing this. And they go into places and they start leading people to faith. They start seeing miracles in stores and restaurants. And I can't begin to tell you how many people I've seen touched in stores and restaurants because the power of God is not limited to the four walls of a church. It's, it's meant to go out into the community and make a difference. Well, Rob, I... Uh, leading people into a relationship with God. Thank you. On and on that. and on we could go. So I, yeah... You get me going and I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. So I lured you onto casual conversations with the offer to, um, to share what would be your message to the church in 2024. I think maybe you've already done that. I'm not sure, but I want to give you an opportunity. If you would, um, as we finish up today, if you would just say, here's what I would say to the church for this year. Um, what, what would you like to say? Purity and power. You can be you can be clean, and you can be sourced. Come on, man! You can you can be redeemed by the power of God, 
by his presence, by his spirit, and, and you can be sourced and used by him. He wants to partner with all of us to make a difference wherever we are, wherever we go, whatever we do. And, um, you know, not to be confusing, but I would add one more thing. You know, Jesus' inaugural message was to repent. Metanoia is the Greek word. It literally means to change your thinking. That's what I would say to the church in 2024. Change your thinking. Start thinking from a kingdom perspective, man. Change your, reorient your thinking. Stop thinking from an earthly perspective. Start thinking from a kingdom perspective, man. You know, don't, don't live under the tyranny of the day and oppression and he said, she said, and the news is saying that that's happening. Come on, man. Live from a kingdom perspective. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Great. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you sharing with our listeners. Um, one more thing before we go, how can people find you, get in contact with you if they want to access uh, Fire School Ministry resources? What do they need to do to do that? Fireschoolministries.com. That's it. That's it, Fireschoolministries.com. Bridging the Great Divide is on, on my website. You can also get it on Amazon. Be cheaper on Amazon. Okay. So Bridging the Great Divide, Reuniting Word and Spirit. So yeah, man, I would love to hear from listeners and uh, my schedule. If you request my schedule, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, so okay. One thing too, that uh, I just say, you'd love to hear from, from listeners. Let me just say this. Um, um, I love the book. And I'm loving it and reading it. And it's, as I said, it's an awakening something in me. And so, so I appreciate that so very much. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rob, for being on. I appreciate you, you spending the time to encourage uh, our listeners on casual conversations. Anything else before we go? No, man. God bless you. Have a, have a blessed year. 2024 may be blessed gang again, man. Let's, let's be motivated by love and sourced by the spirit. Amen. God bless you. All right. Thank you everybody for listening in on today's casual conversation. Join us again next time. God bless you. Thanks for listening in on casual conversations brought to you by momentum ministries. Visit our website at momentumministries.org. That's Momentum Ministries with two M's in the middle, dot O-R-G. God bless you and have a great day.